Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. It's never been more important in our industry to think outside the box when it comes to marketing your business and engaging with your prospects as well as customers. Event marketing is one way that you can do that because it requires work. And as soon as anything requires work and an investment of time and a little bit of money, usually most of your competition won't do it. Event marketing can help build a raving customer fan base, but there are key ingredients in every successful event. Evolutionary progress, timing, community, and a strong purpose. Today, we're discussing successful events, including distributor client shows, as well as the evolution of the CommonSQ events. We hope this episode encourages you to put on your own spectacular events for your customers. Today's episode is courtesy of CommonSQ, the effortless business management platform that empowers you to process more orders and grow your business. For more information or to start your free trial, visit commonsq.com. I'm Bobby Leehu, the Chief Content Officer at CommonSQ, and to kickstart our conversation, I ask Mark Graham, CommonSQ's co-founder and Chief Platform Officer, why? Mark, we have SKUCon, SKUCamp, CommonSQ University at the PPAI Expo. In the past, you've done SKUCon Chicago, and this year, CommonSQ University is at the ASI Chicago show. Why do you do these events? I think when we started CommonSQ, we recognized that uh, we recognized two things. No, number one was that we were an upstart in a in a competitive space, uh, dominated by some some great competitors that were typically traditional in their marketing approaches. So we we knew that right off the bat that our opportunity to differentiate was to employ some unique, cutting edge marketing approaches, and. And that, that always excited me. So that that was sort of built into my DNA as an entrepreneur. So so that was natural. But that was the first thing. Um, and the second thing is is that the the real impetus behind Common Skew was was not only to create a great product, but was to really reach out and connect with people. And if you think about the history of Common Skew, is it it came from the distributor business that that Catherine and I started, uh, Right Sleeve. And that was a business that was all about making people in that company successful. So whether they were the customers or whether they were the suppliers or whether they were the people that worked at that company. And I was always deeply uh, inspired by the entrepreneurial journey and, and, and how entrepreneurs built great teams and how entrepreneurs became really successful. And that was baked into the DNA of CommonSkew right from day one. So I knew that coupled with taking this, uh, some unconventional marketing approaches, I knew that connecting people was going to be a really great strategy. And it was something that I had a lot of experience with, particularly on the right sleeve side. So I knew that this yeah. was something that I could bring into the common skew and connecting and bringing people together in a physical environment, something I always wanted to do right from the beginning. Let's talk about that for a minute. This would be very helpful for many distributors that are listening. What types of events did you do with Right Sleeve and the, what types of events are right, is Right Sleeve doing now? And what has been your experience, failures and successes with, with event marketing and your distributorship? In the early days of Right Sleeve, we put on an event called Swag 2.0. We're certainly not the first distributor to come up with that concept. I mean, it's been done for many, many years. 
I think in our case, we wanted to make it a very kind of curated experience and something that was a real celebration of the right sleeve brand. So I, I'm not too privy about how many, uh, how other distributors conduct themselves at their shows, but from what I see, a lot, a, a, a lot of distributors will make the product uh, the star. So there'll be, you know, the Leeds booth there, the Spectre booth there, the Suida booth there, and that that's great. In our case, we would never have any of the suppliers branded with any of their lines. It was all product that was there. Um, at, at the event where people could walk around and they could be inspired by new ideas. Um, they'd be inspired by all the people that were there. We'd have it very um, heavy on the right sleeve culture and the right sleeve brand and the right sleeve story. So we would actually curate a lot of collections and put them all together as opposed to having a bunch of suppliers with trade show booths that were just showing the latest and greatest. We actually worked with the suppliers to bring specific products such that they resonated with our with our audience. What I like about that is that you're obviously, um, when you do segment your show by supplier, you're obviously sending the signal to your buyers that you can basically buy this from, you can buy the same item from anyone you want as long as it's through this manufacturer. I mean, you're sort of cutting out the, uh, not necessarily the competition, you're cutting out the confusion around yeah. who is there and who is bringing the show. Well, and I think in, in another maybe better way of putting it is that we always saw our offline in-person events as being a reflection of how Right Sleeve conducted itself in the marketplace already. So right. we always went to market with a curated collection. We never had a website where we said, here are the Leeds products, here are the Ash City products, here are the Suita products, here are the Hit products. And while we're right. great partners with those suppliers, that was never part of our marketing, A, because we wanted a curated collection, B, we wanted to reduce the confusion, and C, Right Sleeve was the supplier they were buying this all from. Now, to be clear, we never misrepresented, we're going to be making this in our manufacturing plant. That's not what we would say. But at the end of the day, um, the, the, the customer was buying it from Right Sleeve, and we were putting everything together, whether the, there was a technology solution there, a design solution, a custom clothing solution, and we were able to source it from our variety of great partners. And that is a, it's just a subtle shift in how the distributorship was marketing itself as a brand unto itself that people were purchasing from, as opposed to a classic distributor where it was simply a, a, a flow through vehicle from which people would be able to get their Leeds product or their Ash City product. We never we never liked that. Are those events successful or, and let me ask a follow-up to that, are those events successful? And number two, how do you gauge success? So Swag 2.0 was very successful in its day. We did them for, I would say, I think about five or six years in a row before we decided to uh, uh, evolve the, the concept. And we were able to judge success through a, a, a few different criteria. Number one was just the number of people who showed up. Um, number two, the number of customers versus prospects that showed up. Um, right. Number three, and, and probably very importantly, the number of great leads and conversations that evolved and emerged from the event. And because we were very good at being able to track the conversations throughout the event and then make, and we were also very good at following up on those conversations as well. So we would, every, every year we would walk away with a ton of great, actionable, high quality uh, opportunities and leads that would come from it. 
And then, of course, the, the final criteria is just how much business we actually uh, uh, earn from it. So what we would right. do is we would just go into, in this case, Will Wrightsleeve was using CommonSkew at the time, would just go in, tag all of the customers that had attended our Swag 2.0 event, and we would then be able to see specifically whether the event had led to a jump in business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was fantastic. But like all good things, they kind of have to come to an end because we found after several years that the results were starting to wane. We weren't getting as strong a results. So this is where we decided to evolve the concept, and I'm glad that we did. It takes a lot of work to pull these events off. I mean, it's worth it. The um, There are two distributors I know, one in Houston, one in Washington, and they both have end-user shows that are bigger than most regionals. They're, they're incredibly successful. In both cases, they would say that it takes a tremendous amount of proactive work to pull these off and make them effective. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a huge uh, undertaking. Um, I, I don't regret it at all, but it, it certainly diverted a lot of my attention. I mean, back in the day, I was the one who was planning the vast majority of it, at least connecting with suppliers, putting together the, the, the event. And I was, of course, working with a number of great colleagues as well to help execute. And then, of course, you've got all the, all the salespeople, all the account people that are taking the entire day off, setting things up. They're the ones that are interacting with prospects and clients. So it was a really all hands on deck kind of experience. The reason I, I just suggested my role is that I was leading the charge for the first several years before I was able right. to delegate it to, to a colleague. But there's no question that if, if you want to do something really well, it's always going to take two or three times more work than you anticipated. <laughs> and I mean, you, you were mentioning the distributor in Washington. Of course, we had Tom Ghosts on the podcast, right. you know, a few weeks ago. And right. Tom with ImageSource spoke in the podcast about how much time and effort they, they take to put on their right. event. But it's clearly led right. to some fantastic results. So the, their end user show is a little bit different than the, the, the format that I'm describing with Swag 2.0. Uh, different style of distributorships, but certainly equally strong results. Did some of your experience with that inspire your movement into SKUCon and some of the events around Common SKU? Are there similar connections between the two? Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a very direct line. I mean, and I would also say that there's a direct line between what I learned in building starting and building a distributorship in the industry to how Common SKU got its start in terms of those parallel marketing methods. Um, And Mm. to answer your question specifically about events, I knew when when this was getting off the ground um, that events had been very successful for us at Right Sleeve. And I knew there was an opportunity to to connect our equally amazing customer base on CommonSKU together through events. And then that would be a great way of investing in those relationships, making those people successful and if you make your customers successful and they feel good about the experience you're delivering to them, then that's great for business. So absolutely. Speaking of, let's talk about CommonSkew University at the ASI show, Chicago. How is CommonSkew University distinct from SKUCon and SKUCamp? We've got a, a an application that covers a, a number of areas. So n- number one, we have a software application that allows for distributors to run their business from the initial client uh, opportunity all the way through to final invoicing and commissions. And so there's a lot of tactical goodness in there. And so that's the product side of CommonSkew. So that's sort of one part. And then the other part of CommonSkew is this whole idea of community, 
uh, and empowering entrepreneurship. And those things are absolutely tied into the product, which I just spoke about before, those specific features. But there's also a lot of a lot of that that is very big picture, very inspirational um, stuff that transcends the product. So I recognized that if we have those two parts of the application, how could we bring people together such that there was focus in each of the events? So to start off with, Common SKU University is a user conference where our customers or people who are interested in, in the Common SKU application can learn about what we are doing with Common SKU, the application. So it could be new features, it could be product roadmap, it could be stories about how specific users have been, have been successful in interacting with one another and using the platform. And it's also a great opportunity for users to get together and to trade hacks and, and secrets and you know cool ways of doing things that, that maybe no one knew about. Um, so Common SKU University, as a recap, is all about the application and how users can be successful in using Common SKU, the application. And that applies to distributors. And of course, it also to supply, or, uh, applies to suppliers who use uh, Common SKU, the application as well, to engage with distributors and to uh, sell more of their products to the Common SKU marketplace. That describes Common SKU University Chicago in the morning. But in the afternoon, we have a series of interviews and panels. So we have 10. So we kick it off at 945. At 10 o'clock, we have the supplier session. At 11 o'clock, we have the distributor session where Catherine's going to talk about what's new in the road ahead. At 1 o'clock, we have a panel called the Path to 10 Million. And we're going to talk with three different distributor companies, Menda Wright, a co-owner of Creative Studio Promo and Vidro, CFO and co-owner of Creative Studio Promo, Johanna Gottlieb, Vice President of Sales with Access Promotions, and Mitch Silver, Vice President of Marketing with Printable Promotions. We're going to talk about how do you get from 500,000 to 1 million? How do you go from 1 million to 3? What does it take to get to 10? And this panel is going to explore this idea of the path to 10 million. And then at 2 o'clock, we have Andy Thorne of UK-based distributor Outstanding Branding. And Andy is crazy. He is a fun guy. Um, he has built a brilliant brand um, in the UK. They're also in New York and Hong Kong. That's at 2 o'clock. It's called Global Growth and Epic Sales. And then at 3 o'clock, we have Jam Sessions, where we're going to actually spin off little groups and talk about things like structuring your team for profit, aligning your UVP, using customer stories to drive sales, how to lead a product presentation, and uh, and more. Mark, let me let me back up a little bit. We leapfrogged to CommonSkew University, but how did this even begin? Why did you start SkewCon? When was the first time you had an idea that you should have a conference? I vividly remember it. We were downtown Las Vegas after a PPAI show uh, in... I think this might have been four or five years ago. We were down, downtown having dinner at this cool Thai restaurant. And we'd walked by this theater, which was about three doors down, called the Inspire Theater. And I remember being struck as I walked by that theater on my way to this dinner that this could be a perfect, intimate spot for a conference. And I'd always talked about how I wanted to be able to bring everyone who is part of the common skew ecosystem together so they could network with one another they could meet one another of course uh, a big part of common skew is the social network and the community application that we have so lots of relationships are already being formed digitally and so we wanted to be able to bring these people together 
and offer opportunities for collisions, opportunities for education and inspiration around how they could be better business people, just, just better business people. And I always felt that common skew played a pivotal role in helping people be successful in this industry. So that's, that was really the thinking. And it was, could we do this a day before the PPAI expo, um, a, a show that we support through and through and have a lot of respect for the folks at PPAI. And we knew that if we did it a day before that we could capture all the people that were already coming to Vegas. And then it would also be another incentive for people to stick around and go to the, uh, and go to the expo. So that's what started it. And that, and SKUCon's now uh, in its fifth year. You glossed over some of the finer points of the, was this a little nerve wracking? I mean, you're getting into the, to the event marketing business or were you, you confident that this was going to be a success? Obviously it's a success now, but what was it like in the first year? <laughs> so like a lot of things that happen at common skew, there's usually some kind of, uh, you know, debate pro and con between myself and Catherine. And I remember Catherine was skeptical. Um, yet sometimes when I get something that I get really excited about, I can be a bit uh, like a dog with a bone and I don't give up. And I said to her, (laughs) you know, I know, I know this is going to be a fair amount of work, but I know that I can specifically handle this and lead this effort. And I was basically just drawing upon the fact that I had a very, very distinct vision for how I saw this particular event. And I also had a lot of event planning experience based on my past with all of the uh, events that I had run at Right Sleeve. And I also knew that we had a a, a good size community by that point. And I knew for an event, I think we set our sights on maybe about 100 people that first event, uh, knew that it wasn't that big a number and I felt it was worth the risk. Now, I will tell you that the only time that I was truly terrified was when I was walking to the event, it was about six in the morning, I'm walking you know, through the streets of downtown Las Vegas, walking up to the theater, and I'm thinking to myself, what happens if no one shows up to this event? <laughs> <laughs> because registration was fairly strong, you know, it had certainly meet, met our expectations, and I thought, you know, maybe planes will be canceled, or people will decide not to leave the strip to come downtown, and, and then there'll be yeah. like four people that will be there. And uh, sure enough, you know, we had great attendance, great enthusiasm that first day and, uh, you know, it went by in a blur. A bunch of rebels got together and threw a conference before the actual conference, that's SKUCon. There's nothing like it in the industry. It's about meeting and connecting with like-minded people. So I consider myself a nerd and I feel like I'm I'm at home amongst the nerds at SKUCon. The speakers are always amazing. Like it's just, you take something away from literally every single second of this, whether it's talking at the networking sessions or actually just listening to the keynotes, making you walk away with so many amazing ideas after the end of the day. It's nice to be here to meet some, put some faces to names and kind of connect with people who we've been working with. I think that we get a lot more depth of education from people who uh, have experience not only in our industry, but bring uh, experience from outside the industry that we might not otherwise get exposure to. What I like about it is I like the thought leadership. 
right? I, I, I immediately felt comfortable in the room, and I'm typically the rebel in the room. And so it was nice to see, you know, the first couple of speakers, maybe the first one in particular, really pushing people out of their comfort zone. And so I thought, yeah, oh, no, this is my tribe. I'm in my tribe here. It's good. Here at SkiCon, people are more willing to have a genuine conversation and kind of share their experience and what's worked for them and what hasn't. And luckily we have SkewCon to come together and say, okay, let's all be vulnerable for a second. Let's all put our cards out, show each other what we've got and say, we, none of us have the answer. And none of us are sure what's gonna happen. And I think we work well together and in a collaborative manner, not just with uh, SkewCon, but the entire community. Uh, common skew community. That's a, a real testament to a fantastic dream and what a what a great um, journey. The SKUCon events now have evolved. You've done SKUCon Vegas and then SKUCon Chicago, and it has now evolved into SKU Camp. When did that click? When did you go, hey, <laughs> we should have a camp? <laughs> it it. it came to me the morning after the first SKUCon. So really? I think this was... That far back? Yeah, that far back. The first idea for SKU Camp came around after the first SKUCon. It did. It did. And it was, and I think it was, uh, you know, moment of, you know, supreme optimism, probably some <laughs> hallucination at that point. You know, you've got all these people who are like, that was great. And, you know, you're going to outgrow that theater. And, you know, what's the next step? And... I had always had it in the back of my mind that the evolution of this would be a multi-day experience where people could all be in one spot and you could have a series of uh, great workshops and keynotes and people would be in the same spot for multiple days as opposed to being in one spot for one day and then going off to a, a bigger show, in this case, the expo. So... I'd said, wouldn't it be great if we found a location that was beautiful and cool and, and hip and all the things that complement our brand and do that for the course of three or four days? And I remember building a budget. I remember building a big, strong case for it. And I was coming off a, a big high from this first event. And I remember that uh, ultimately my team said, this is a great idea. We should totally do this. But let's wait a couple of years <laughs> because <laughs> this is a tremendous risk, huge financial risk um, if it doesn't work out. And um, so I, I heeded that advice and then decided to get a few more SKU cons, a little bit more traction, more growth in the platform, more experience in putting on these events um, before deciding to embark on a multi-day uh, event, which of course we're doing in October this year. So I'm glad we waited, but it's been about four years in the making. We wanted to create a, a, a time in the calendar where people could come together and be uh, with one another over the course of three days. So in this case, we we picked Palm Springs, a great venue. We're we're at the Ace Hotel, which is just such a cool place. Um, been there a couple of times. I mean, you and I had a great site visit there. It's very, very in keeping with our brand. It's going to have a beautiful spot to connect and to really give people the opportunity to dig deep into a variety of topics. And the whole concept around SKU Camp, beyond just being together for a couple of days in a neat spot in California, was to dig deep 
into specific topics that pertain to running a business. So everything from sales to marketing to finance to, you know, merchandising to building sustainable brands. And we wanted to select the, the absolute leaders in their field within the industry to lead those sessions. So, uh, so SKU Camp is very roll up your sleeves, very workshop oriented, very focused on creating a plan for the next fiscal year. Whereas something like SKUCon, well, there's definitely lots of great learning. We don't have the length of time to turn it into a full workshop experience. So we focus more on general sessions, big topics, big ideas, inspiring keynote style sessions. So this is really the more tactical, in-depth, hardcore part of running a business. And we've got um, a, a great group of inspiring, creative entrepreneurs that will be with us for those three days. And I can't wait for October to be here. Speaking of that, uh, Danny Rosen, Denise Tashro, uh, Ted Church, Maddie Toom, Casey Shore, Catherine will be speaking, Jamie Watson, Nicole Height, some guy named Bobby Lehu, Stephen Musgrave, Eric Granada, Todd Potabom, and uh, another guy named Mark Graham. Mark Not Graham. Sure. You probably won't um, let him in the country. <laughs> right. Great topics, though. Make intimacy a marketing strategy, building a purpose-driven brand, uh, building authentic brand experiences for lasting connections, mastering the art of selling, e-commerce panels, maximum financial value for your business, um, driving authentic change with a millennial mindset. Lots of really good topics. I'm really looking forward to it. After now having been there, um, it's really exciting to think about that that small community feel and being able to connect with each other. And I'll give you a shout out, Bobby. There's no question that you have been, you know, by my side, almost from the beginning of the SKUCon experience. Of course, you spoke at the first SKUCon. We gave you, I think, a pass in the subsequent year. You then spoke in Chicago. Um, I don't know why we're having you at SKU Camp, but you know, the <laughs> bottom line is, is that you've been a, you've been great from the stage, but have also been great at helping architect the experience and, 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 and really defining the difference between these events. Because now that Common Skew has grown over the last several years, we recognize that we have to have events in different parts of the country. And we also have to have different style of events because we've got different types of users. Yeah. And, and, and users with different needs, as I said at the beginning, some users are specifically interested in how they can be successful using Common SKU, the application, like yeah. the latest and greatest feature that we built into presentations, for instance. That's very tactical, yeah. but it's, it, it, it's no less or more important than the entrepreneur who wants to master building a sales plan because they've always struggled with that as they try to scale the business. And we see common skew as touching both areas and helping yeah. entrepreneurs be successful in, in, in both. So we're really proud to put events on that, that, that really drive mastery in both areas. Yeah, they're huge. Uh, you know, <clears throat> years ago, I learned the lesson. I was at an event. I didn't think and it was an industry event, and I and I really didn't like it. It was, at, but we were about halfway through the event, and I thought, man, this has been a terrible waste of time. And I sat down at lunch beside someone and started talking to another distributor who had focused on nonprofits as a segment to go after, and we had not at that point. And I'll never forget because here I am thinking the show is terrible, and I talked with this distributor for the entirety of lunch. Went back to the office after the show thinking the show was terrible. But what had happened during that lunch was that my antenna now was up. My Wi-Fi signal was on, if you will, about business with nonprofits. Now, this is years ago. But we landed a six-figure order the year after 
that. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was directly because of that conversation, but as that lead came through, it definitely caught my attention. So my point being, as I saw the list of attendees coming in for SKU Camp, I got really fired up because to me, it's not just about the speakers that are presenting the workshops and that are on the panels. There are as potent and powerful and smart people sitting in the chairs right beside you. And so you can learn a lot just by hanging out with folks. Yeah, no, I th- I think that's such a great point, uh, and there's no question that a that a number of other um, organizations in in our industry put on great events as well that bring great people together. But I know that what we were trying to do with our events, because Common Skew is such a people oriented product and ecosystem, that uh, like we could put some great people on stage, and there's no question you're going to learn from those great people, but. The, the power of, of these events is really the people that are sitting next to you. And I, I love, I love that you, you hear these, you hear these anecdotes when people come to the events that it's what happens in the hallway as opposed to what happens in the general um, auditorium. That's right. really magical. Those connections. And I, I love being part of organizing that because it means that putting on an event like that is actually a lot easier because all you need to do is provide a great creative environment where people feel like they're valued right and you get the right people in the room then the rest just takes over on autopilot yeah and and i love to see that it's amazing to be able to sit back and and just watch it unfold before you and um, yeah. you know I, I love being part of that you know what i've appreciated about you this is going to sound like i'm sucking up but but i would say this uh i would say this regardless what I've appreciated about your orchestration of these events, you've taken risks on speakers because you loved their business concept and you loved their business model, and they may or may not be your hired speaker who has polished and and even though we've had excellent speakers at these events, uh, you've taken bigger risks because you believe in the idea or you've taken risks because you believe that their message should be heard. I, I think that's important because... In this day and age, authenticity is what sells. And you can have, uh, I learned this years ago. In fact, I would encourage my team often as we planned these events and as we would go to events, I would tell them to not necessarily look for the best speaker, to look for just the best content. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I was sitting I was sitting in a class led by a distributor and she really wasn't that great of a speaker. In fact, she was terrible. But uh, another fellow distributor sitting by me and said, uh, you know, what are you doing here? Um, you don't really need to be in this class. I said, you know, this distributor can throw away something in a comment that can save or make you thousands of dollars yeah. just because of that, that experience. But anyways, yeah. I appreciate the risks you've taken. Good well, stuff. Well, thank you. That is sucking up quite a bit. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, it, it it's an interesting observation. And I think that that's what we've really tried to do is I think just follow our curiosities yeah, and, that's it. and not necessarily. So I, I think if you look at the typical SKUCon uh, uh, speaker list, you will see some people that you would define as the usual suspects like, oh, I've heard such and such a person speak at PPAI or at ASI before. And, and, and that part is absolutely valid. I think that what we try to do with those well-known speakers. And I think that you'd be a good example of that too, Bobby, as someone who's spoken at, at those organizations as well, is that with SKUCon, we give you a incredibly long amount of rope <laughs> because yeah, right. we want you to 
try out content that may not have been tried out before um, right. and, and to try it out in an audience that is very eager to learn new things. So I think you've got that right. part of it. And then, and then as you say, then identifying some of those people that just got really cool businesses that may not be engaged in PPAI or ASI at all in the traditional organizations, but because of their business models, they're just naturally on our radar screen. They may be using common skew or they may just be part of sort of this overall ecosystem I was talking about. And I love getting those people on stage because their stories are truly fascinating. And a lot of people don't know about them. Yeah. And I think that they feel very comfortable in a skewcon style environment because they're speaking to people who are, are, are part of their tribe or people that are like right. open to these new ideas. And, and that and I'm very, very yeah. pleased about that being the legacy of the uh, legacy yeah. of these events is that we like to take risks and we bring people in who celebrate those risks. Yeah. You, you like the rogues and the rebels. There's, well, a, there's a big part of you that really likes the rogues and the rebels. I I'm a firm believer and I'll say this, whether this is in the common skew application, what we do from a product perspective or any of the events that we do is that it's the rogues and the, the, the people who don't necessarily think in a mainstream way, they are the absolute future of the promotional products industry. So I'm not talking about people who are, you know, off to the side, who are, have these crappy little businesses that'll go nowhere. These are the people that will take over the industry. Mark my words. And we are incredibly honored to play a role in, in, in supporting those people because with all the change that's happening, um, you're not necessarily going to get that from the traditional mainstream way of thinking. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I love being part of that group and I love celebrating that group and I love inspiring and empowering that group. That's SKU Camp. Let's talk a little bit about the changes that are going on with SKUCon. We're no longer at the Inspire Theater. Where are we at? So we are moving down the street. Uh, we had three great years of the Inspire, but uh, knew that we had to move when we had people standing in the um, <laughs> uh, in the exit uh, rows. And so we were certainly uh, over capacity last year. So we are committed to providing a very comfortable experience for, for people. But we also want to make sure that as we grow, we still keep that cool, intimate uh, vibe that promotes those uh, uh, the learning as well as those connections. So we're moving uh, just two blocks down the street in downtown Vegas to a venue called The Venue. Not very creatively titled, but that's what they call it. <laughs> it's a beautiful space. Uh, we're going to be uh, almost doubling our, our uh, attendee count. We'll probably have around 250, 275 people that will be at the event. Um, we can't announce our speakers and workshops just yet, although we have right. finalized them internally, but we will be announcing all of that in mid-July when registration opens. But what we can say is that the event will be on Sunday, January the 14th. It is the day before the expo, uh, just like in previous years. And uh, so mark that down in your calendars uh, with pen, not with pencil, but with pen. Um, and it's going to be a phenomenal event and we can't wait to to grow with people and to be able to accommodate um, all the folks last year that were not able to make the event because we had sold out and we didn't have capacity. Event marketing, Mark, any final thoughts on encouraging folks to step out and take risks like you've done with event marketing and what it's meant for your brand? What would you encourage someone to do if they were thinking about doing something similar with their distributorship or something similar with their organization? I think I'd really just close with two thoughts. I think, number one, it's never been more important in our industry 
to think outside the box when it comes to marketing your business and engaging with your prospects as well as customers. Um, and so, so that's just one point, like an overall point that I would just want to drive home. I think number two is that event marketing is one way that you can do that because it requires work. And as soon as anything requires work and an investment of time and a little bit of money, usually most of your competition won't do it. So selfishly, that's why we've done this because we know it takes a lot of time and creativity and some money uh, as well as a bit of risk. And as soon as you've got those things at the table, we just know that 90% of your competition won't do it. So I kind of like that. <laughs> Certainly like that in the yeah. distributor business when you've got so many competitors that are going after you. Um, but here's the little secret. The reality is that putting on these events really is not rocket science. Um, I know when I first started, particularly back in the right sleeve days, you know, more than 10 years ago, when we first decided to put on our event, we kept it small. We kept it intimate. Uh, we kept the concept fairly basic. We had a strong vision for what we wanted to do, but we didn't, we didn't go crazy with the event production. And so as a result, our costs were pretty minimal. The time investment wasn't that big of a deal. We were working with some great vendor partners at the time who, who, made our lives significantly easier. And we had all of our team sales team that was on side because they knew that this was going to directly lead to, uh, to leads. So that being the case, really not that hard to pull off, particularly if you set your expectations, um, at a reasonable level. And then once you, once you have proved the concept, then you can build it out from there. I think that where a lot of people fail in events is that they want like I've had some distributors that have said, hey, Swag 2.0 looks amazing. And I'd been doing it for maybe seven years by that point. Right. And had like 200, 250 people there. We're getting tons of business. We spent like 20 grand to put this thing on. <laughs> and right. you know, I had like a professional uh, or one of my colleagues who was a professional wedding planner on the side who was doing this for us that they'd come and say, hey, I want to I want to pull off Swag 2.0. And they tried to do it. And then they'd call me afterwards and say, I had two people show up and it was such an embarrassment. And I looked at it and I said, well, you know, that doesn't sound like it was a great success, but they started off thinking it was going to be what we had built after seven years. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so that's where I say, like, just start off, set your sights at a reasonable level and do something that validates the concept. Mm. And then you're off to the races. And I'm sure if you ask someone like Tom Ghost at Image Source. Um, what his first end client event was like, I'm sure that it was very intimate, very small, probably not very ex uh, uh, exciting relative to what they've been able to build now, but they have been able to build each and every year into something that's truly extraordinary for their business. Well, we hope you can join us, friends, at Comiskey University at ASI Chicago show on Tuesday, July 11th, 2017 at the McCormick Place. And then also for SKU Camp, October 1st through 3rd at Ace Hotel Palm Springs. We hope to see you there. And don't forget about SKUCon. And in July, we'll be announcing more details about that. Mark, thanks for your time. This has been, this has been enlightening. Thank you, Bobby. Lots of fun. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.